Everybody comfortable? Yeah. Get your ass up when I'm talking. Hey, take it easy. It's showtime. It's showtime. Yeah. Feel the magic and soul of the YBs. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Take two. That Davis show, and I'm lucky enough to be joined by Chicago Tribune White Sox beat writer Lamont Pope. Make sure you follow him at Lamont Pope. It's been a little minute, Lamont, but it's baseball time, so definitely have to bring you back. How have you been so far? Fantastic. Just got back from Arizona. You know, got to see a whole lot of spring training action. That was a lot of fun and getting ready for that regular season to begin. Listen. Um, how was Arizona with, and I know down there because the executive producer of this show now lives in Arizona, that they are, that the mass restrictions are gone and they're doing whatever in Arizona. But when it comes to your interaction with the team, how was that compared to 2019? Like, is it getting closer? Or I know we're still on Zoom, but are, is there any type of interaction you're getting with the players or uh, necessarily the coaching staff? We're able to get a little closer, but yeah, like you said, yeah, still, you know, no locker room, uh, no clubhouse conversations with guys. This is something that I really miss. You know, that, that's a chance when you kind of get to build those relationships, the one-on-one opportunities. Um, so, so that that still is incredibly missed. But you know, at the practice fields, like they they had a sort of roped on off. Uh, but we, you know, the guys were able to come and go. And we were able to kind of communicate with them through that standpoint. So, so we're getting a little closer to to, to being able to, to get back with the guys. But yeah, still, still a little ways to go. And just on the last part with that, moving on in the season, do you see yourself and and the other reporters being? Or are they going to uh, travel uh, to to uh, opponents' fields? Sorry, I'm stumbling. Are they going to? Are you going to be on the road as much as perhaps you would two years ago? I know last year, and, and to a certain degree, is cool. You don't have to go anywhere. We can zoom and do these interviews. But do you expect to be on the road this season? I mean, I hope that's. I mean, and I, yeah, I anticipate. Yeah, I think I think they'll open that up a little bit more. Yeah, last year there were some restrictions from that standpoint. From you know the standpoint of if we went to a state that was you know a hot zone. Then when mm-hmm. we came back, we would have to quarantine from for you know the ten to fourteen days, and you know we wouldn't be able to get on into the ballpark. Um, and so I think those rules will be a little more uh, relaxed now. Obviously, there's, there's not many as many states in that red zone in that hot zone. Uh, so that's so that's a plus for everybody involved. Um, but also, you know, the fact that they're going to have fans back in the stands, you know, that, that's another thing where it's not going to be a situation. You know, I find it's going to kind of be a tough situation to be like, well, you know, they're not going to quiz every single fan, you know. Were you in California? Were you in? Yeah. Right. So, so, right. so, so with, with, with that sort of being the mindset from our perspective, I think that those things are going to open up a little bit more. We'll be able to do a little more traveling from that standpoint. I'm looking forward to it for sure. Right. Were you in Florida? Yes or no? But <laughs> 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 look, look, the, the, the big thing, and we kind of talked about it right before we, we came on live. Uh, it's Eloy, Eloy, Eloy. Um, mm-hmm. Last week was a gut punch. Um, I think if he was a, a middling player to be like, yeah, you know, we'd like him. But to have that bat and the importance of that bat, let alone the character of, of the levity that he brings to the team. Um, like what what are we supposed to take away from Eloy being gone with the amount of talent on this team? I guess I should ask you. Uh, definitely there'll be a hole there, but they should still be able to produce this season if the goal is to contend with the amount of players and the amount of talent they have in that rotation and with their everyday players. Yeah, I mean, you know, let's let's start with Eli. Just a tremendous loss. Uh, you know, second in the team last year in home runs and in RBIs, um, and you know, just just someone you know, potential MVP type candidate. You know, uh, hitting coach uh, Frankie Menachino said earlier in this in the 
uh, spring that here's someone that can hit 340 if he if he everything started clicking. This guy has all the tools and can go from pole to pole, just do about everything with the bat. With the glove, it's always been a little bit of an issue. And again, that that was the situation on Wednesday. You know, he's going on back for a ball that was pretty much. You know, he, he made a great. You know, he, he the effort was, it was gone. It was but gone. The ball was gone, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so, so, so losing Eloy, losing that bat, tremendous blow. But th- this is a team that still has a ton of offensive talent. You, know, you have the 2020 MVP and Jose Abreu. You have the 2019 batting champion and Tim Anderson. Uh, you you expect. Uh, Yohan Moncada to, to be kind of back to his 2019 form after 2020 dealing with the after effects with COVID. Uh, and so that, you know, that's, you expect a little bit more of a boost from him. You expect from year one to year two to see those strides made from, for Luis Robert. You expect uh, someone along the lines with uh, Nick Madrigal as well. You know, those, those advancements from that first season to the second season. Uh, Yasmani Grandal, you know, one of the top hitting catchers in all the game as well. And so the, the talent is still there, but you know it is a huge loss from that standpoint. And then we haven't even gotten to you know a couple guys that they're going to probably expect to kind of help on in out with that contribution as well. Someone like an Andrew Vaughn, you know he's you know they've been testing him out in left field a little bit. He's going to be between left field and DH. He's going to be in that competition for the DH spot regardless. And then Zach Collins, he's had a great uh, spring, and so he's going to get some at bats there in DH when he's not backing up as catcher as well. And so. You know, there's a situation where the, the talent is there offensively. Uh, you know, obviously the pitching staff, you have three guys in the starting rotation that earned uh, Cy Young Award votes last season with with uh, Lucas and Dallas and Lance Lynn. Uh, Dylan has looked fantastic so far. Carlos Rodon has looked fantastic as well. And so that, that, those are five starters. And then the bullpen, like lights out, super talented. Nasty led by uh, um, Liam Hendricks, another guy who received some signing votes as well. And so, I mean, you know, the pieces are still there, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's no doubt that, that Eloy is a huge loss for these, for these next few months. And look, some of the guys that I definitely want to get into in a second about replacing Eloy, just adding offensive production is, is Andrew Vaughn and also Zach Collins. But one last thing on Eloy, that David show with Lamont Pope, follow him at Lamont Pope. Uh, listen, Let's be honest. So we're talking DH now moving forward when he comes back. Uh, I mean, it's if that bat, as you just said, can can produce 340 pole to pole, what's the use of continuing to risk it when he continues to get hurt out in the field? I mean, well, here's someone he, he doesn't want to be DH. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that's the big thing. You know, here's, here's someone who wants to be out in the field, who's, who's putting in the, the effort, who's putting in the, the work. Uh, and, and so it's just sort of been a steady thing of, you know, there, there's some shines, you know, there's some signs this spring where he was, he was making some strides from that standpoint. But, you know, that was just a play that was, again, it was an effort play, uh, maybe a little bit too much of an effort play. Um, and so, so it's just going to have to be a situation where, you know, the, the rule has to be, hey, Eloy, you know, sort of like what, what, what Andrew was talking about the other day, you know, if, if the ball is hit to uh, to, yeah. to, 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 to the line, I'm going to get that. Line, anything anything just, else is going to be Lewis. You can have it. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree. Look, and speaking of Andrew Vaughn, I think most Sox fans have just been opining for, to, to have him finally come up. We know he was in Schaumburg last year. Um, but now you're adding a lot to his plate. We, we already know he's a very mature hitter. All right. Um, and I know that can somewhat extrapolate to the outfield, but we're talking about a guy that really, as far as it, in the big show, hasn't played in the outfield. You know, you can do whatever you can do in spring training and whatever in Schaumburg, but not in the big show. Uh, how do you how do you look at his season? How did you initially look at his season and getting as many at bats as he was going to receive? 
receive in the DH position because even if you're a, a prodigious hitter like he, he he seems to be that he'll be, you're still going to go to slumps. And you're still going to have guys that are kind of they're they're crafty vets and they're going to know how to get you before you can kind of adjust after they adjust to you. So how did you expect his season to go? But now added to the fact that he's going to be in the outfield, basically not his position. He was a first baseman in college. Uh, how do you think that's going to affect his overall play? Right, Andrew said, uh, "Church and state. That's the that's the mindset <laughs> that you have to have. You know, when do, <laughs> you have to separate them. You know, the outfield is the outfield, and hitting is the hitting, and you have to have that kind of different mindset and not let one impact the other. Uh, yeah, and, and that's and that's sort of been his approach as far as you know that that mindset, that smart mindset, has been something one of his strengths. And and when he goes into those type of slumps, like like everybody, like every single major league player goes through, you know, to have that sort of frame of mind and have that winning type, sort of attitude, that's going to go a long way in helping him out this." Season. Season. Yeah, I mean, and that's another situation with with Eli. You know, like I think that there wasn't going to be as much pressure, and and that's one of the things that all the guys really, not not just Andrew or not just Zach, have to kind of fight against. It's, it's the entire lineup. You can't try to do too much. You know, the the the, the natural instinct is like, man, we're we're missing Eli. We're missing this this big bat. You know, I'm going to need to do something. You know, do a little extra to kind of help on out the offense. No, you got to stay within yourself. Do do you. You do you, and then kind of let the chips fall the way they can, and just and just let the talent work its way on out. So I think you know the, the plan. You know he, he earned the spot as a de- as the designated hitter. He had a terrific spring, um, and so this this added wrinkle of him getting some looks out in the outfield. You know we know we don't know how often it's going to be. You know they you know they were kind of debating him today. Uh, Larissa was like, well, he might be the starting uh, left fielder for for opening day, but it sounds like more likely he's going to be the DH, and they're going to have Larry out. Out on left field, and then obviously eventually we're going to, they're going to get uh, Adam Engel back, and so that'll be another outfield option, and so so that might alleviate some pressures of him trying to continue to have to learn uh, left field when you do have those kind of other options to help on out in the outfield as well. And look, sticking with the outfield, because you would think when, when Adam Engel is healthy that he's going to get that spot. Maybe they'll move Adam Eden to the left and play Adam Engel in right. But we were looking at it in the offseason. It's basically those two platooning, somewhat depending on lefty and righty who's who's pitching that day. How, what's going to go on with the depth now? Because outside of just Eloy and his hitting, and I mean, he was, he's not a great defender, but still you're thinner out there because you didn't expect you're going to be using Adam Engel perhaps on a regular basis. Yeah, I mean that's that's one that was one of the the issues for sure. I mean, you know, you're, you're right now uh, the roster the way it's projected out. I mean, again, you you know you're going to use Garcia at times out there. Uh, he has several experience. You know, he can play just about anywhere. But first, I remember talked to him. Uh, uh, during spring training, he was like, you know what? I've been practicing at third. I've been practicing at short. I've been practicing at second. I haven't been practicing at first yet. First yet, but that's coming. <laughs> so, 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 so he kind of he kind of laughed about that. It was like, no, 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 no. That's, that's that's all Jose. Uh, but but here, and then he has the, the experience in all three outfield positions as well. Uh, so see, so you knew that you know with the the projected uh, outfield of of it being Eloy, Robert, and then Eaton, and then with Ingo as sort of that super sub, uh, and then also with Garcia as someone else you can plug on in there. That those those are going to be the five you know overall at, 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 from the jump. Um, yet in this wrinkle now, you know, Billy Hamilton's going to be in the mix a little bit, you know, defensive, particularly late inning defensive replacement. You know, he's, he's a guy that you know, obviously has, has the wheels, has the experience. To, speed. Know, yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and that, days. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I remember like I, I covered uh, a long time ago, I worked in Fort Wayne, Indiana and I covered uh, the minor league baseball team out there. And so I remember him from Dayton when he was just going, 
on and okay. on, just still in bass after bass after bass after bass. <laughs> so it's just so so yeah, the, the, yeah. So that's going to be an added element that they can utilize late in games as well. You know, on the base pass and then defensively as well. That, so that's going to be you know one of their options right now. Um, but the, yeah, the, the depth is is definitely an issue. You know, and that's why they have to hope that uh, with Ingle, in Ingle's case, you know, the projection is two to four weeks, and we'll see where that, that you know, right now that will land probably at the end of April. That Davis show right now with Chicago White Sox beat writer Lamont Pope. Make sure you follow him at Lamont Pope. Uh, listen, let's go to the backstop. Uh, we lost James McCann uh, this offseason, as he should. He should have went out and gotten a job that w- that he deserved from how he had produced the last couple of seasons. Uh, but a guy that, you know, I think a lot of White Sox fans have somewhat been down on. Initially, one, because he wasn't looked at as being a, a defensive catcher, but he was looked at as being more of a hitter, is Zach Collins. And it seems like his defense is somewhat improving. But how much are we going to end up depending on Zach Collins now because there's going to be more bats at the DH position that you didn't expect because you know you may have Andrew Ron out there playing playing left. So what 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 are we looking at with Zach Vaughn as, as being the backup catcher moving forward, and how how much has he improved defensively compared to seasons past? Yeah, he's improved uh, tremendously defensively. You know, the, the backup catcher was one of the. Uh, Strength. It was one of the storylines, you know, entering spring. You know, they, they had Collins, they had Luke Croy, they had Mercedes. Uh, and, you know, but we t- when we talked to Rick Hahn earlier today, he said, you know, the plan all along was to get one of those younger guys. They were going to be that, that guy. You know, most of us thought, well, maybe, you know, you, you had on a, you had a Jonathan Luke Croy. He has mm-hmm. all the experience in the world. Now, the, the plan from the jump was, you know, let's let's give one of these young guys, if they, you know, if they earn it, they're going to be that guy. And, and both – uh, all three played really well, uh, but you know the Collins was you know showed showed the ability to go the other way with the ball uh, and the defense. Like you said, that, I mean that was a big thing. The, the improvements that both Zach and Yermin were able to make defensively, you know, may, had to make make it a little more, more of an easier decision when they had, when they were able to go ahead and release uh, Jonathan Lucroy today. So it's a situation where you know. Zach's going to get the opportunity to be that, that first person in line to back on up when 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 Yasmani needs a day on off, and he's been pretty good behind the plate, and he's been very good at the plate. Let me ask you this too: with Yasmani, I mean, not with Yasmani, with Mercedes and with Zach, how are how's the interaction with calling a game, and, and, and are they getting shook off, or are they being allowed to call the game, and how has Yasmani affected those guys with being such a crafty veteran? Oh yeah, I mean the, the influence not only you know, not only Osmani, but when Luke Croy was there as well. I mean the, those guys have been providing tips, and this is why he had, also added in uh, Jerry Naren as as one of the you know new coaches. You know here's someone who's been able to work with the catchers, and he's made a huge help from that standpoint. Um, and, you know we had the chance to talk to the pitching coach Ethan Katz earlier today, and he. And he Praise the effort that both Collins and Mercedes have been as as far as getting them involved in, in calling games and, and doing all those little things as well. And so it's been a big team effort, and all those guys have been able to come on through from that standpoint. Now we're going to have to see, can they carry on over to the regular season? And look, Yoan has looked like Yoan from 2019. You mentioned it earlier as far as, and I had to tell this p- to people last year when people were upset, was up, was up with him. I was like, you know he had COVID, right? Like, <laughs> we don't even know anything about this. And people, Why isn't he legging it out? And I'm like, dude, he had COVID. Like, you have to think about he may not be the same guy. So it seems like he is the same player, and we can expect for him to be that lightning rod because clearly they need it, and they can't have 2020 you know, on Makata if they really plan on contending. Is it the sexy video? Like, what what's going on? How's how's he getting this going like this? Yeah, you know, Jose uh, said. Yeah, we asked Jose about that video, and he said, "Well, yeah, I told I told him that he's gonna have to make a song for me so I can use it as a walk up song. So, so we'll, see, we'll see how that, we'll see how that all goes." 
Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Mankata was, he was very honest from the jump. Like he was like, you know what, this thing wrecked me. I mean, it, it impacted me all, all season long. I remember a situation when they were playing against Cleveland and he was rounding and he scored a run and then like they, were, they showed him in the dugout and he was getting tiled off. He was getting fanned off because it, it just like, he was just exhausted. And so that, you know, it, and the fact that he was able to play as many games as he was and, and he was able to be a finalist for the Gold Glove Award over at third base just sort of shows, you know, even though the, the bat wasn't, you know, the, what you would normally expect from Johan, uh, you know, he was, he was gamed. And he, and he gave that effort day in and day out. And so if he can get back to that standard, that 315 average that he had in uh, 2019, you know, the, the, the home runs, you know, the laying off, the, the, you know, the cut down the strikeouts, did, he did everything. He lived up to what everyone had as far as those expectations were in 2019. We talked to him the other day, and he said, you know what, I feel better than 2019. So, so he's going into this season really confident, in it, and it's showing at the plate, right? I mean, he's, he's been able to do just about the other, just about anything. The other day, they're playing the uh, the Brewers, and he fouled one off the inside of his leg, and he was down in pain for a little bit. Then he got back on up, and he hit one like to the moon. The next pitch. <laughs> so, so here's someone who is he he's locked in and he's ready to go. Listen, it's a small sample size, uh, but you mentioned Jerry Naren, and it's not really been a coach position. It seems like they filled in the past, but really, I, I wanted want you to talk a little bit about Naren. But really, I, I'm fascinated with Ethan Katz. Um, of course, being a White Sox fan, we all have love for Don Cooper. Um, but just from everything that happened two seasons ago with Lucas Giolito, you you kind of hoped that we ended up with this guy and he could use his magic. Or no, I know it's not magic, but he can use his training on all these other players. Uh, so how has that? How, how's the difference been, in particularly between Ethan Katz and his small sample size and Don Cooper? What you saw in the last couple of seasons? Yeah, I mean, you know, like you said, I mean, obviously uh, with Coop. You know, veteran. You know, just just really, really well respected throughout the entire game, and so uh, you know, they they just always the longstanding guy with the White Sox. But with with Ethan uh, coming on in here, you know, sort of getting a fresh look at some of these guys. You know, he's been working really closely with with Dylan. He's been working really closely with with Carlos Rodon, and, and you've seen some of those early results starting paying on off. Um, you know, and, and, you know, Rodon said the other day, it's like you know, you no, know, you know, you got to give credit to. To Coop, he, you know, he, he was very he was very good with me, you know, but but you know with with Ethan we've we've done some things as well, and and so far it's paying on off, and so you're seeing some of the the benefits of this of this change so far early on with with both those guys, and and, the, and those two guys will be will be key, right? I mean, you know, you, as, as far as we were talking about earlier, you you expect you know what you're going to get from uh, Giolito, you know what you're going to get from Dallas Keuchel. You know what you're going to get from Lance Lynn. Uh, and so, like, the, the key can, someone like Dylan Cease, cut down on the walks. And so, you know, today mm-hmm. he had, I think, 11 strikeouts and no walks. And so, that, I mean, that is, that is exactly, you know, that, that's it. And this, and this is someone with all the potential in the world, right? Uh, but, he, but he was, t- I think he led the American League in walks last season in, in the short mm-hmm. season. So, so if he, you know, he, he knows that fastball command is crucial for him. And so when he's locked in like he was today, you know that that is just a, such a that's such a strong weapon to have at the number four spot, and then with Rodon, yeah, here's someone who, you know, was non-tendered in December, uh, and and so there's there's, there's is he going to cut? You know, the, the, the thought process was you know his his time at this White Sox was over, uh, right. but he he got the call to come on back. You know, he was in competition with Ronaldo, um, and he won that competition because of what he was able to do on the mound throughout the entire spring. He, he's been fantastic. He was fantastic this entire spring. And so him in that fifth role, if, if they can get, you know, Dallas Keuchel the other day said, you know, this is the Rodon that we're seeing right now is the guy that the Sox drafted. 
you know, mm-hmm. anticipated and drafted. And so, so you know, obviously, you know, you can't expect night in and night out to have those type of performances from from anybody one through five. You know, you might have a little bit of a slip up, but but if you if if these guys can, guys can carry that momentum that they've built this spring, that's going to send this team to another level. And that's and that's another thing that can help them even without Eli. It might be a situation where you know before this team would be expected to or would plan to try to out bash a team. You know, now now they can get a situation where it might be a few more, you know, a few more closer games than having those pitching, having those starters, because we haven't even gotten to the bullpen yet. But having We're those starters, from, <laughs> having those starters in, in, uh, in the mix, you know, that, that goes a long way with, with the type of talent that they have uh, throughout that rotation. Kill Davis, lucky enough to be talking to Lamont Poe from the Chicago Tribune. Uh, listen, I got one. I got a question for you. All right. And you brought up Dylan Cease. And correct me if I'm wrong. If, if and of course the team's going to go for the player that they want the most. But if you had your druthers, would you have given up Cease or Dane Dunning in the Lance Lynch trade? Uh, you know, I mean, I, I, and I know you have to go in that clubhouse sooner or later. But I, <laughs> no, I, mean, I think you know the fact that we, you know, Dylan. Uh, I, I would say I probably would have kept Dylan from the standpoint of we we've seen him right. We we know that you know there, there's a potential with with Dane. He's got all the potential in the world. Um, and the Rangers got a, you know the Rangers got a really good good one in, in Dane Dunning. Um, but but I think with with Dylan, like if, if everything can click, yeah. You know, again, he, he's someone who can be you know one of those top tier type pitchers. If if you know he has all the tools in the world, and so just everything just needs to start clicking. And so and, and that's the case. You know the fact that he he has you know even though, even in the playoff game, right? We we saw him come on in in game two, uh, you know, an unfamiliar role out of the bullpen, and he he had the he had the clean inning. So, so here was someone, you know, even, you know, you know, he started all season long, been demoted to, to the bullpen. You know, they weren't going to use him for game three. Um, and, and, and the situation was, you know, he, when he was called upon in the bullpen for that, that game two, he got the job done. And so those, those are some positive signs, you know, that just sort of having that makeup and having those tools. And like I said, it's all about just clicking and coming together for, for Dylan. And I think that he can, you know, the sky's the limit for him. Listen, the, the, the bullpen is full of heat. Um, last year's bullpen was nice, and this bullpen it seems even sweeter. Um, you look at Michael Kopech and Garrett Croce, uh, but listen, and Liam, Liam Hendricks. But one, what do you think of those guys so far uh, this this spring training? But in particular, who do you expect is going to get that last bullpen spot? Well, let's see. Let's start with the the, the second question. There, it's not, it's going to be uh, Jose Ruiz. Um, you know, like it was either going to be Ruiz, uh, Ryan Burr. Um, and then Nick Turley, those are the three that were sort of competing for that final spot. Turley, they, they ended up uh, designating for assignment today. Uh, Burr has been dealing with a little bit of a, a little bit of an injury, and, and he also was uh, reassigned today as well. And so it's going to be Ruiz as that as that final spot guy. Um, and you know, one thing that Larissa said the other day is that Ruiz can be flexible from that standpoint. So he's going to be that last that, that, that final bullpen guy from that standpoint. Um, as far as just what I've seen from, uh, well, let's start with, with Liam. You know, first off. You know, he's someone who is, he is a character. <laughs> he, is, he, is, he, is, he, is, he is fun for us to talk to. Uh, he, you know, he, he, he actually enjoys uh, you know, talking with us, which is always great as well. Uh, but, but more importantly for, for Sox fans, he can get the job done. Uh, you know, he's got a great fastball and, and he, and he's just sort of his transformation, you know, his, his growth and his ability, you know, what he's been able to do the last couple of years with Oakland, uh, just phenomenal. Um, and, and the fact that here's someone who wants the ball, you know, mm-hmm. he, he, he said, you know, in his introductory press conference, he wants 
to be on the mound 81 games. Um, I don't, and we'll see, we'll see what happens if that is the case, yeah. but <laughs> or 81, you know, 81 innings. Yeah. So like, so it's like, but he, he wants the ball and he wants to go, he wants to go two, three days in a row and things of that nature. But, but the thing is with this bullpen, you don't have to, you, know, you, right. you have a situation where you have a Cody Hoyer who can come on in. If you need a day off, you get, you have a situation where you have an Aaron Bummer who can come on in when you have a day off. If you need a, you know, we mentioned crochet, you know, obviously coming on in, throwing that 100 mile power heat, um, you know, and, and just and, and his, his his slider was just. His, you know, I, was, I remember him uh, earlier this spring uh, against the Rangers. He came on in and he just was dropping, just dropping like, like like the Rangers to the lefties had no chance. It was like just just take your bat and go back to the dugout. Um, so so and then you add in Michael, you know, add in Kopech. Yeah, another one, 100 miles per hour as well. With again, all the potential in the world. Um, so, so it's a situation where you get to the fifth inning, and this is one. Of, obviously, it's one of Larusa's strengths, right? Is it, what he was able to do with Oakland all those years, and with the Cardinals, just mix and match guys out of the bullpen. I mean, he, he was revolutionary with 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 that with with the A's particularly. Um, so, so the fact that he's going to have all of these different kind of Guys to go to, you know, you can go to. We have, you know, Evan Marshall had a terrific uh, spring. Uh, so you know, from the fifth inning on, you know, you, you don't anticipate, you know, you anticipate like Lance Lynn or, or Lucas to go into the sixth or seventh. Uh, but if but if if you need someone after the fifth, you know, you, you have you can go, Crochet, then Kopech, then Hoyer, then you know Bummer, then then uh, then Hendricks to close on out. <laughs> I mean, and night after night after night, they all bring something different as well. Yeah, but they do bring the heat. That's that's one thing for sure. You've made the Eloy loss feel a little bit better, Lamont. So <laughs> lastly, I want to ask you, if you can, give me the Lamont Pope Pagoda predictions for the AL Central. I saw something on ESPN today, and they had Minnesota winning, and they only had the Sox getting like 84, 83 wins. And I was like, oh, no, not not this year. But where do you expect – who do you expect one to win this division? And I guess where where do you expect uh, Minnesota to end up after the Sox take first? <laughs> Yeah, you know, we, we did our predictions and we had the uh, in the Tribune and I did have the Sox first, but you know, everything was due before the Eloy injury. But I still think that's that's going to be the case. I still think that they have enough talent uh, on a day to day basis, and they, you know, they, they learned enough from last season that uh, even though you know, it was only a sixty game season, um, you know, the fact that they they, they had that late fade in, in the regular season and the fact that they they really do believe that they should have won that. Uh, a, a wild card series against the A's as well. So th- those are those are motivating factors for this ball club. Um, so I, I mean, I, I do think that there's enough talent there, and I do think that they will win the division. Um, I think Minnesota will finish second, and I think they'll be in the playoffs as well. So uh, so so I think that both those teams are going to make it. You know, I think Cle- I mean, Cleveland. You know, even though Cleveland suffered some, still got pitching. Yeah, yeah. You, you never count out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, from from the stock standpoint, you know, you expect the, the Royals. They, they made a bunch of moves in the offseason as well. You know, they got some veteran guys added. You know, Santana um, and, and some other some other veterans in the mix as well. And obviously the Tigers with the new manager with AJ Hinch. And so you, you know, you, what the Sox. Obviously, they dominated the series against the Royals. They dominated the series against the Tigers last season. You don't expect them to go, you know, nine and one, nine and one like they did against both those teams last year. But but they do have to have the, you know, if if you're going to be that team that's going to win this division and going to be a team that can possibly contend, you know, beyond, uh, you're going to have to to handle those those type of teams to to get to that position where you can win this division. Look, you throw somebody's name out, and it just—I have to ask you this: Were you a never AJ Hinch guy when the managerial position was open, or were you like, hey, you know, he's kind of little; it's not bad? No, no, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm always one of those guys that uh, 
you know, if the situation would have arose and, and it, that would have been their, their, their guy that they went, went to, I wouldn't have had any issue with, from that standpoint as well. You know, the, the fact that he, I mean, they won, right? You know, he, he has that experience of, of winning yes. as well. And I think, that's, <laughs> I think that's the bottom line from that standpoint. That's, that's all I need to hear. I feel the same way. Uh, Lamont, I always appreciate it. Uh, be safe, man. I look forward to talking to you in another couple of weeks, bro. All right. Great talking to you and enjoy opening day. You too.